So if anybody knows anything about the rapture, uh, and if you don't know anything about, about the rapture, uh, it's, a, it's an event, it's a biblical event that's going to happen uh, in, uh, in time. No one knows what time, you know. They don't know exactly when. I mean, they've been wait, waiting it from the times of the apostles. But because it's such a, a, a um, an embedded subject in the Bible, and there's and 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 it doesn't stand alone because it talks about the coming of the Lord, and uh, you have all these theologians in different denominations. You see, you know, it's just not our It's just different denominations throughout the whole world that read scripture and they know that there's going to be a rapture. They know it's it's part of what Christ has uh, laid out for us, but yet the time and the hour no one knows. So we're not going to go into any of that kind of stuff, you know, and 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 uh, but what we are going to go into, we're going to go into some definitions of what uh, um, how the rapture, you know, got illuminated uh, in the minds of man, how they understood, you know, while there is going to be a rapture. So you can understand that, yeah, it is it is an event. It is something that's going to happen. It's not, you know, a fourth low. It's not just something that's. You know, it's been passed down by my mom and my dad. You know, it's something that's actually going to uh, happen scripturally, okay? So the rapture of the church is one of the more um, uh, debated topics of Christians because we talk about it all the time. You know, the um, there is a great deal of uh, disagreement as to the time of the rapture, when it will take place. Not necessarily that it will take place and who are going to be in it. There's no... All Christians know they're going to be in it. All Christians know that God is coming back for the church. There's no, there's no doubts. There's no debates about that. The, all, the, the debate you find around uh, amongst Christians is the timing. You know, when's it going to happen? So we're going to try to narrow that down for us, for what we believe, how we believe uh, Scripture to be. So first of all, let's define the word um, uh, rapture. The term rapture comes from the Latin term uh, rapturo, which is uh, translated of the Greek term harpazo, and that's the word that they use is harpazo in the Greek Bible. And harpazo means to be caught up, and you'll find that scripture uh, that in uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 17. The Greek term harpazo means to steal or take away forcefully. So when the Greek used their words, um, they could, the, 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 the way the Greeks speak about certain things they probably have about five, five words for every thing that you do in that one moment, because they're meaning it, it, it's different to them. You could be doing the same action, and it, but depending on who, what you're doing in that action, they have a word for it. So harpazo in in, in this uh, uh, text, it, it's uh, meaning to uh, to steal, or 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 snatch away, or uh, take away quickly and forcefully, like it's gonna be like a, a really a fast um, um, event. The term is often used in the context of stealing um, or, or plundering. However, in the context of First Thessalonians chapter four, it carries the same sense of catching away speedily, seizing by force, claiming, uh, uh, claiming for oneself, rescuing from danger, and removing them to a new place. That's what it's, that's what harpazo in, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 means that's the definition of the of being caught up there uh, taking them out of danger and moving removing them to a safe place 
And I think a lot of us that we preach the, the message about the rapture when we get into it, we always like to use the term or, or the, the analogy of um, when, uh, if you see a car that's, that, that's, that's catching on fire, you know, and you see, you know, the parents are trying to get out and the, the child's in the back seat, you know, and the, the, the first thing you go do is you, 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 you head for the child and you grab that child as quick as you can and you yank that child out that window and you run as far as you can from that vehicle. That would be what this word actually means, is you're grabbing something to safety, is harpazo, okay? So that's kind of a, a definition in our own minds. But there are other Greek words um, or terms uh, used in, in, in the Bible pertaining to the rapture as well. So, and these, and these are the reasons why we believe that the rapture is gonna occur, why the rapture, because it doesn't stand alone. You know, there's just not one, one, um, uh, one verse in the Bible that stands alone. There's others that support it with um, with um, uh, with its uh, event. This, the the Greek one Greek word is called uh, parousia, which means presence or coming. Another, another Greek word, and that's found in First um, Corinthians fifteen twenty three, First Thessalonians two nineteen. I'm going to go really quick, guys. First uh, Thessalonians three thirteen. Uh, because there's just so much. There's, uh, and it's also found in Second Thessalonians uh, 2, 1, James 5, 7, and 8, and John, 1 John chapter 2 and 28. So what I'm trying to say is that these words, are not, they don't stand alone. They're, they're there in Scripture. You know, we just don't know Greek, so, you know, we just don't see them. We just see them in an English term. And there's the second word that the Greeks use for rapture is acopolipsis which means to uncover or to unveil um, or to reveal. And it's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 7, um, Colossians 3, 4, and 1 Peter chapter, chapter 1, uh, 7, and 13. The last word that's used is uh, epiphania, which means to appear or to show. And... It's used in reference to the rapture in 1 Timothy 6.14 and 2 Timothy 4.8. So these three New, new uh, Testament passages deal with the rapture of the church. John 14. Uh, and this is where we, these three, these three patches, passages right here that I'm going to talk to you about are the ones that you really want to write down. Because this is where we actually get the, 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 the actual event or, or we can actually see you know how it's going to happen you know in uh, our time if it happens in our time you know so um the first passage is in in um is in john chapter 14 um one through three first corinthians chapter 15 51 through 53 and first thessalonians chapter 4 verses 13 through 18. now when we get these passages together, if we, if we put them all together and uh, we were just to read all these three passages and try to get the understanding of these three passages in the Bible, this is what it kind of sounds like. Okay, I'm just, we just kind of put it together like this. It says, Christ will descend from, from heaven to earth with sounds that will herald his return. The souls of dead church saints, Christians who have passed away will descend with Christ at this coming. When these church saints died, 
their souls left their bodies and went to be with the Lord in heaven. Continue. The bodies of the dead church saints will be raised as immortal, incorruptible bodies and will be reunited with the, re with the returned souls. The bodies of the church saints who have not died before this, his coming of the coming of Christ will be changed instantly into immortal, immortal incorruptible bodies. Both the resurrected and changed church saints will be caught up together to meet Christ in the air. The church saints will return with Christ to his father to the father's house in heaven and be and his the house that he prepared that Jesus prepared. Um, so when we wrap all this together in in one, this is what it kind of sounds like. You know, we we find uh, Christ coming down for the church, and we get these three these three uh, passages of scripture, and everything I just mentioned in there is in those scriptures, and I just broke it down so you can kind of understand it. Like, wow, this is like an event that's going to really happen, and if it happens, this is the way it's going to happen, just like that. I mean, there's going to be um, uh, um, indi uh, individuals that have died in Christ and um, died believing in Christ and. And you, you have to remember, because every every uh, church, every person, they, they 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 try to qualify themselves as saints, you know, of Christ that that God's going to bring and and uh, carry away or whatnot, or when they die, you know, they're going to go to heaven. You know, I've been to to more funerals than I have to uh, than I had to be. You know, I've been called to you know to stand there and and uh, do eulogy, you know, for someone I've never really known and stuff. I know that. You know, uh, I hear, and sometimes what I have to do, you know, at, at, uh, is, is I have to grab information from that person's family, you know, to get a little bit of, of sense because, it, you know, um, I, got, I can't just stand here and not, you know, and, 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 and tell somebody that, you know, this person's, you know, going to go to heaven or, or, or whatnot, you know, and feel comfortable with myself, you know, when I know that that individual was living, you know, the, the wildest life in the world. But it's but everybody wants to hear that, right? Everybody wants to hear that their 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 loved ones are going to heaven. Well, it's my job not to confuse anybody, and it's not a very easy job when you're standing behind a pulpit and you're standing. There's 250 uh, family members and friends, you know, and then they know how he lived, and they're telling me how he lived, you know, and um, and I'm not going to come up and say, well, you know, you know, Paul said I went to heaven. That ain't going to happen. <laughs> The Lord always gets me out. I always talk about things, the goodness, the, how kind of a person he was, you know, and yada, yada. But I will never mention those things. And I, and the reason I'm saying this is because after I get done with services, I get these big dudes coming up. He goes, hey, bro, how come you didn't say anything about him going to heaven, man? Hey, and I get guys breathing down my back. You know, I get family members upset at me. You know, and my response is, I'm not the judge, brother. I go, I don't know if he went or didn't, you know, I'm just doing you guys a favor and I just walk away as fast as I could. <laughs> and sometimes you know, it gets like that, but you know, we have to re we have to be realistic in our living for God, uh, with, for, for God. We have to be realistic of how and what kind of a lifestyle we're living and does it fit the program of Christ? Christ has a program for his people and we have to follow that program. We have an outline for how we should be living. Every 
uh, every government has the way it should be ran. And the, the kingdom of heaven has its own government. And it's ran according to scripture. And if we try to alter it, obviously, you know, it's not according to scripture. So then you determine whether you, you're, you're in line with Christ or not in line with Christ. Judge yourselves. So we have to understand this about how Christ looks at us and how God is. God is a loving God. God is a caring God. God is a forgiving God. God is a God that wants to take everyone that he created back to heaven with him. But it's not his job to make you a saint. He doesn't make you serve him. He doesn't make you follow you know, his commandments, his rules, and fall in love with him. He doesn't make you. That's a choice that he gave us. That's a choice that we have to, to, to determine within our lives. You know, do I, do, I, do I want to follow Jesus Christ? Do I want to follow you know, God? Do I want to live this life? Because for many of us, for many years, we didn't like this Christian lifestyle. We kind of just like, eh, you know, it, it's, it's not for me. And, you know, we get, we get into our little areas, you know, where we make, we, we make our own church. Yeah? We make our own rules. Yeah? We'll smoke a joint, drink the beer, and says, Lord, you, I thank you for watching me all day long. I didn't get hit by that car, you know, that was coming home. You know? And we're, we're good with it. And then, you know, we, we, just, we just polish up our, our own little laws. All, you know, until the time comes, you know, and then we figure it out. We figure it out, you know, when it really comes down to the matter. But let's get away from that. And uh, what I'm trying to say here is this. Back to where I started. Christ is coming back for his saints. Those are, that, are, that are believers in Christ. Those that have followed according to scripture. How he has laid it out. That's why it's so important to um, dig into scripture and understand what scripture means to me. Okay? What scripture means to me. So with that, we understand that God's going to come back for his saints. He's going to come back for those that were dead that died in that died in Christ at the time of the rapture so it's going to be like a a, a, a real sci-fi you know if, if I could use that word you know because people that are are just watching this event or or trying to understand this event they're going to be talking with somebody and without that when they blink it they're going to be gone and it's like where, where'd they go you know I mean it's going to be a really really uh, 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 event that's unexplainable and we've heard many explanations of how the world is going to uh, um, uh, deal with this, how it's going to uh, 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 happen. Some even had gone to the point to when said when, when the rapture happens, um, the way the government is going to uh, handle this is that it was an alien invasion. You know, that's a pretty good explanation, right? You know, I mean, you know, everybody, right now they're, they're about ready to storm Area 51. You know, everybody's, you know, they're, they're, they're figuring it out, man. If they're here, let's get them. So it's not a too it's not too far fetched of a thought when when the rapture happens for them, that type of person, you know, to 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 under to say, hey, yeah, yes, it was that. And then of course, you know, what happens next is you know the Antichrist and whatnot, but that's that's a whole other story. So let's let's go back to when you and I figure out, you know, where we fall into this, you know, whether we, we come to Christ first, you know, um, through death or through the rapture, however it is, our hearts have to be right, you know, for either event, you know, when it does occur, you know. So um, 
we do know that when Christ arrives, he's going to come back for a church. You know that uh, that uh, he himself has uh, uh, claimed that he himself, you know, has uh, embodied, you know, with the Holy Spirit. So if you don't have the Holy Spirit, get the Holy Spirit. That is the seal of salvation, the Bible says. That is the seal of salvation to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So um, it's almost like having insurance, you know. Drive around your cars and you don't have an insurance and you just try to try to avoid every car that's around you. There ain't no way. There ain't no way to be driving. Get yourself some insurance. So a lot of the views. So a lot of the views that have been uh, talked about, and this is where churches kind of just fall apart after you know this first portion that we talked about. All churches believe the first portion that we just finished talking about. All churches believe that the rapture is going to happen. Um, saints are going to go. The dead in Christ are going to rise. Christ is coming down. They believe all this. All all this that 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 uh, that we just finished talking about. All churches believe like this about the rapture. Here's where the churches begin to break apart in their theological understanding about the rapture. Some of them say that the rapture, the event or the timing of the rapture is gonna happen uh, pre-tribulation. Others say it's gonna be mid-tribulation. Others say it's gonna be post-tribulation. So what do, these, what do these terms mean in reality? And here's what they mean. Pre-tribulation Christians uh, this view teaches that the removal of the entire church, both the dead and the living saints, will occur before any part of the seven-year tribulation period, that is, before the beginning of the 17th week of Daniel. It is necessary to say before the seven-year tribulation period, because some who hold to the mid-tribulation rapture state that the rapture is pre-tribulation understanding the Understanding the tribulation to refer only to the last three, one and a half years. So, pre-tribulation, what it means, there's going to be a seven-year tribulation of the church. Okay, And um, in this period of seven years, the book of Daniel talks about it. Uh, Daniel's chapter 9 talks about it. And it breaks it down. And within the seven-year tribulation, the, the seven years, the the, there's one belief, it's called the pre-tribulation, that the rapture is going to happen before the seven years begin. Before the seven years begin. And then, then the tribulation, the seven years old, will start. Okay? That's what pre-tribulation... Can you define what tribulation is? The, we'll get, we're going to get there. Yeah, we're going to get there after I, I, I finish these first. And I just want you to grab the concept of the, of the pre- okay, and the mid. So... So this is the pre-tribulation. It's going to happen before that seven-year tribulation of the church. That kind of explains it, uh, the pre-tribulation of the church. And so the mid-tribulation views it like this. They teach the rapture will occur at the middle point of the seven years of tribulation. After the first three and a half years, in this view, only the last half of Daniel's seventh week is considered to be the tribulation period. The church will endure the first three and one half years, known as the wrath of men, but will escape the outpouring of God's wrath. Catch that? The final three and a half years. The rapture of the church is said to occur 
in connection with the sounding of the seventh trumpet judgment and the catching up of the two witnesses of Revelation chapter 11. So I know I mentioned other little things that occurred during the, 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 the rapture, but we're going to stick to the rapture, okay, of the church because we can get... We can just go on and on with all kinds of other stuff, and uh, because it's just fascinating to um, to, to try to uh, grab a hold of this kind of stuff. So mid tribulation, uh, um, uh, believe that there's going to be in the seven year period of, of 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 the tribulation that the church goes through. That in the midpoint, man is going to man's going to have a tribulation uh, for three and a half years. You know. And then the wrath of God is going to hit mankind. And they believe that right before the wrath of God hits, that's when the tribulation is going to, or that's when the rapture is going to happen. Okay? Pre-tribulation, before it starts. Mid-tribulation, three and a half years into the tribulation, before the wrath of God begins, it happens. Okay? So that's mid-tribulation. Now, there's one more. It's called the post-tribulation. Uh, and this view teaches that rapture of the church and the second coming of Christ are are um, are faucets of a single are faucets of a single event, which will occur at the end of the tribulation period, when Christ returns. The church will be on earth during the tribulation to experience the judgment of God, and there are four different types of post tribulations that emerge. So even the post tribulation Christians that believe that there's going to be uh, that it's going to happen after the tribulation passes after the seven seven years pass they believe that the rapture is going to happen come here and the coming of the Lord is going to happen here at the same time those two events are going to happen simultaneously that's how they believe but even in their in their conclusions they they break it down into four other categories okay and we're not going to get into those other categories because you know, I'll just mention what they are, but we're not gonna. I'm not gonna define them. One is the classic post um, uh, post tribulation type. The next is a semi classic post tribulation type. The third is a futuristic uh, post tribulation type, and then the other one is dispensational tribulation type. And we have to try to remember that we have to try and read scripture and how our thoughts come from that scripture then that's that's where we should that's where we should lay our understanding and no more and, and not add to it more than what we really need to or feel that it should be you know and, and add things that don't really belong there it's like you know getting a puzzle you know and you're just so frustrated with this puzzle that you find a piece and and you just want it to fit because you just want it to fit and you hammer it in there and it's like, oh, yeah, it works. <laughs> because, you know, and we have to understand that sometimes we can't, we can't make the Bible up to the way we want it. We've got to see it step by step, how Christ wrote it, how men received it from God, and how it's laid out for us. And then we take from that and then we grab it and then we just begin to understand what, uh, what the Bible is all about. So what is the pre-wrath rapture theory? The view teaches that the rapture will occur sometime after the midpoint of the seven-year tribulation. So in, in, in the seven-year tribulation, you're going to have three and a half years 
of peace, and then you're going to have, you know, three and a half years uh, worth of the wrath of God, and that's what we're talking about, the three and a half years of the wrath of God. So it says, the mid, uh, the midpoint of the seven-year tribulation, um, before the second coming, it it serves as a variation of the, the mid-tribulation view with many similarities to the post-tribulation. It divides the tribulation period into three distinct periods of time. The beginning of sorrows, the great tribulation, the day of the Lord. The church endures the first two periods, but will be removed prior to the third period, uh, view, view, uh, uh, viewed as God's wrath. So uh, the first part of this is, is that, as we understand it, is that when the, the seven-year tribulation begins, it's going to be like a trial, you know. When uh, and, and we'll just we'll just say it like this: um, when we we all feel the Holy Spirit, we all feel you know the presence of God, you know, when we pray or even when we cry, we feel the presence of God. When we're when we're hurt, when we find a lost one, you know, we 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 we, we can reach out to God and we know He's there. You know, there's just a connection there. There's just a the spirit, man's spirit connects with God's spirit, and He lets you know that He's there. You just feel it. You know, you, I mean, I, you, I can't explain it, and you can't explain it to me. We just know it's there, right? You know, just like the air we breathe, we know it's there, and we're all alive. You know. So, if you can imagine, when the tribulation begins, the and God comes back for His church. You know, Jesus Christ comes back for His church, and you're not in that catching up. You're not in that rapture, and you're here on earth. You know, you, you know, you, you were sitting in church at one time, but you had not devoted your your life to God. You had not really got into, you know, receiving the the, the gift of the Holy Spirit. You know, you know, you're just like, you know, I guess it's nice, you know, it's somewhere to be, you know, and and you know, and, and you go sometimes, wouldn't go sometimes, and then all of a sudden, all this the, 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 this stuff starts hitting the news that you know that the aliens invaded and they took half the world with them, you know, and you're like, oh, I remember hearing that. You know, and you think, that's probably the rapture that happened. And then you, you cry out, and you start praying to God, and you feel nothing. As much as you, you feel nothing. The deepest of emptiness, because the Spirit, the Bible says at that time, God will draw His Spirit, His church, from the world. See? That's what the rapture is all about. He's taking His Spirit, His Spirit, from the world and he's going to allow he's, then the seven years begin to happen the seven years begin to happen and Sam the sound of the trumpet will be a key to what's going on well according yeah accord, according to scripture the the the, the they re, they refer as the seventh trumpet to sound off before the uh but see and that's another thing you know i, I can't see uh saint gabriel you know, of blowing the horn and the whole world will listen to hearing it. I think it's going to be a spiritual thing. I think it's going to be an inner thing that, that, that the men and women of God will hear, you know. And I believe, you know, um, if I'm not mis misunderstanding how this goes, I think the trumpet sound is not for us that are here on earth, but for those that are in heaven, the angelicals. Because heaven is being prepared for us to, something's happening. It's ha it, something between heaven and earth is happening 
And I think when God blows the trumpet, it's not necessarily for us. Because we're not going to hear none of that. The world's not going to hear no trumpet, you know. I mean, because if it did, I think it would have been said. It just talks uh, uh, symbolically about the trumpets and the candlesticks and all this kind of stuff. You know, so, but I do believe that somewhere along the line, I read that when the trumpet's blown, I think it's just so the, 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 the nature, the supernatural nature of life that God's created, you know, the eternal life, you know, knows it's happening now, knows it's happening now. You know, it's kind of in the same sense when in the Bible where it talks about when, 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 uh, when a, a, a person gets baptized, you ever read that scripture, when a person gets baptized, you know that the angels in heaven rejoice? You ever read that? Where it says, you know, that when a person gets baptized, have you ever really thought about that? The angels in heaven rejoice. You know, guess what, what happens there? It's a supernatural breakthrough. We're working in a carnal, we're living in a carnal mind, we're living in a carnal heart, we're living for ourselves, and all of a sudden, we believe, because see, that's what, that's the key here. You believe that there is a God. The Bible says you first must believe, and then you get baptized. Then you, you, you receive, you, the first step is to believe that there is a God. Not just to know that there's a God, because everybody could know that there's something out there, you know. There's plenty of Gnostics in this world that there's, there's no, there's something out there, I don't know what. But to believe that there is a God, and then you go, uh, go forward with it, and then you start to, to understand that God is, God is, he, he is, you know. And you get baptized, and the Bible says that the angels in heaven rejoice. Why? Because your spiritual person woke up. There was a quickening, the Bible says, that our spirit was quickened. It woke up. The spiritual man woke up. And we're spiritual beings again. We become spiritual beings because we acknowledge God. And that's why we are able to pray and we, we we're able to uh, pray for individuals and they get healed. We're able to pray for individuals. You know, they, they receive their sight. You know, we, we, we can pray for people, you know, and I don't know how many, how many of you guys experienced it, but I've experienced it plenty of time to understand, you know, what this, uh, this power, you know, of God is within me. You know, is that when I do lay hands on somebody or when I do speak to somebody, you know, uh, just like there is a, a, a positive force in this world, there's also a negative force in this world. There's no doubt about that. And we have to understand that this, this supernatural awakening, you know, comes with the supernatural power of God. And we can allow that to happen, you know, in believing that there is a God. So when we try to um, understand these things in life uh, about uh, how these events are going to happen, we have to also consider, you know, those things. And thank you, Sam, for that, because it, it was it was irrelevant, you know, for the teaching to understand that there are super, there are things happening in heaven when things are happening here on earth. It's just not happening on earth. It's also happening in heaven, you know. And uh, and we and you know that that if the angels are watching and happy just because you know you one person got baptized, can you imagine when we're all going to be up there? What kind of an uproar is going to be going on in heaven? You know, nobody's ever really thought about that. You know, if the, if the inmates in hell, you know, I mean, they're going to be flying around. You know, I don't know what's going on, man. Well, I hope I have a pair of wings too. I don't know. I don't know. I'll be somewhere. Yeah. Hopefully a little higher than you. 
<laughs> but you know, we have to we have to try to uh, think about these things with what we retain from the Bible, and just not just take you know what you know what we think is there, but everything that we, we we read and stuff, and everything that we see, and everything that we believe and understand is scriptural. You know, it's there, and it's there for a reason. So going on to um, the partial rapture theory. So that was the pre-wrath uh, rapture theory. The partial rapture theory views it like this. They teach that um, that those who are faithful and spiritual will be raptured prior to the tribulation. Those who are prepared for the Lord's return and are found waiting and watching will escape the terrors of the tribulation by being taken in the rapture. Those who are not taken and enter into the tribulation period because of their worldliness and carnality will be raptured <coughs> progressively during the tribulation period as they become more faithful and spiritual while still others will entirely miss the rapture the tribulation is seen as a time of purging this believe, believer from the sin and carnality so the partial rapture theory basically talks about an individual is some are going to be raptured before some are going to be caught up in the middle and then some during. So this is this is called uh, uh, it's it, their only theories and this is called the rapture uh, uh, the um, uh, the partial rapture theory. It's kind of like it like it's going to be happening in segments, you know. But this is I'm telling you this because this is how other Christians believe. Okay, we'll get to how we believe in us in a, in a little while. You know, don't think oh is that how he believes? No, <laughs> I'm just letting you know what's out there. Because eventually, hopefully, some of us will sit there with somebody that wants to crack open the topic, and we know a little bit about something, you know? And we can set them straight. It's not like that, brother, you know? Let's read the scripture, let's, let's figure this out, and you'll have a little bit of something about what it's uh, all about. Now, compelling reasons to believe in the pre-tribulation rapture, and that's where we fall under okay we fall under the pre-tribulation christians we believe that we will be raptured before the seven year tribulation this is what we fall under this is how I, we this church teaches why do we teach like that because even though these uh, individuals these men have come out with their theories they've taken partial beliefs and made it fit to these theories. Now the pre-tribulation theory, they didn't take partials. They took the whole, the whole, and they put it in line. And everything lines up to pre-tribulation Christians. That's who Christ is coming for. Or or come or the time he's coming is pre-tribulation before the seven year period of the rapture um, of the church. So we, we will be in um, in this world only up until the seventh year begins. Okay, only up until the seventh year begins, because you know, um, and, and we'll get into it a little bit. But I'm, I'm wanting to jump ahead because right now would be a good time to jump ahead. But I got more to read, so I'll just say this because. 
we're not the only ones that God is dealing with. The Gentiles are not the only ones that God is dealing with, okay, in this world. He's dealing with other entities in this world also. It's just not about the church. You guys thought it was all about you, huh? It's not even all about us. It's not. I just found that out. It's not just about me. But guess what? God had us in mind, and he wants to take us up first so he can deal with the second portion next. Okay? And we'll get to that right now. So these are compelling reasons to believe in the pre-tribulation rapture. These uh, various views place the rapture in varying relationships to the tribulation period. While no rapture view is without some difficulty, the pre-tribulation rapture is clearly the strongest and most consistent with a literal understanding of the scripture. The following are the major reasons that support a pre-tribulation rapture of the church. One, there is a biblical distinction between Israel and the church. Okay? So remember, when Christ came, he came for the Jews first, and then us. So it was not all about us in the very beginning, and it's not all about us at the very end. Okay? So let, let's figure this out. So the position of pre-tribulation rapture depends largely on maintaining a clear distinction between Israel and the church. While some uh, similarities uh, certainly exist, the scripture declares, clearly declares main, and maintains a distinction between the two. Israel is not the church and the church is not Israel. God is dealing with two different programs for two distinct groups. The church begins the church began on the day of Pentecost in the book of Acts and is made up of both believing Jews and Gentiles. Ephesians 2, 11 through 22. God has given the church some great and precious promises. However, God also gave the nation of Israel many unconditional promises in the covenants of the Old Testament. These covenant promises were made and ratified and Israel and must be fulfilled by Israel. See, God made promises to Israel in the Old Testament and he's not going to... He's not going to say, oh, well, I've got the Gentiles now. No. They're still, he's still bound by his word. He's still bound by his word to the nation of Israel, to the people of Israel. We just happened to come into an event to where he felt that we should be baptized, we should be baptized in his name, we should receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, and we're part of his uh, uh, family also. So it was the time of the Gentiles and the Jews. Okay, so, furthermore, according to Romans chapter 11, verses 25 and 27, the Apostle Paul clearly teaches that a partial hardening of Israel is presently in effect and that, the, that his spiritual blindness will continue until the fullness of the Gentiles is completed. The fullness of the Gentiles refers to the period of Gentiles blessing and oper operate opportunity during this present age which came about as a result of the failure and unbelief of Israel. It is best understood that at the rapture of the church, the fullness of the Gentiles will be complete and his spiritual blindness of Israel will be removed. So right now, and you know if you follow um, the news about Palestine and Israel and the rest of the nations, that... Um, and you've heard, some of you've heard and, and kind of, you know, understood some of the stuff 
about how the Palestinians are fighting against the uh, uh, fighting for a little piece of land, you know, and uh, where the Dome of the Rock is, you know, where they feel that, you know, um, God is going to sit one more one more time, you know, and the Israelites are holding on to it, and all these things are happening right there, and you know, and it, and and do yourselves a favor when you when you get home or sometime during the week, go to a world map, and look at the nation of Israel. You. You might not even find it. I mean, it's like, it's, it's small compared to all the rest of the, it is so small. And it's like, why fight for that? Let them alone. And you got all the Palestinians with great lands, huge amounts of lands, and they want that piece of land. Why? Because they say it's the center of the world. They say this is where God created all mankind. This is where God started everything and they want it they want to be part of that you know that 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 heritage they're trying to force themselves into the heritage that belongs to the jewish nation so when the when the bible talks about the 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 um the gentiles you know um coming to 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 uh to an end or complete it uh uh it's talking about the rapture because once the Gentiles are complete, that means they're done with their portion of what God was using the church for. The church era was using, we're getting used for God's purpose. We're getting used for God's purpose. Trying to, trying to wake up a nation. Trying to wake up, you know, uh, Israel. Trying to wake up the Jewish people. And during this time, uh, Scripture says, that the blind, the blind veil that's on the eyes of Israel people is going to be removed. And they're going to say, there is a God. He stills holding. Something's going to happen within the Jewish people. Right now, the Jewish people have their eyes closed to, to that. They, 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 don't, they, don't, they, they won't accept it. They won't, you can even tell them, you know, hey, you guys are blind in the eyes of God. They, they, they don't know what you're really talking about. Because it's something that God allowed to happen. It's not something they wanted to happen. It's just something that God allowed them to happen. They were blinded. You know, because, why? Because they refused him in the very beginning. When he called them. When he let them know, you know, that I am their God. Somewhere along the line, they, they refused. And they, 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 they said, no, you're not. And that's where we came into place. That's where our uh, station came into a play. Uh, with this, uh, with the rapture and the event. So, only the pre-tribulation rapture position effectively deals with this distinction between the church and Israel. This clear contrast in scripture between the church and Israel makes the pre-tribulation rapture the most logical position to hold for more, for more, uh, yeah. Okay, so when we, when, we, when we talk about the church and we talk about Israel, you've got to see it the way God sees it. When he came, when he came to this world, he was only after the Jewish people. That's all he wanted to deal with. And we see it in scripture too. Even Jesus Christ says it. When he talked to, when he talked to that woman, you know, that wanted her, her child healed and stuff. You know, and, and, and Jesus says to her, 
I have not come for, you know, for y'all. I came for the lost children of Israel. Tells I'm here for the Jewish, not for you. And she turns around and says, even the dogs eat from the master's table. And it compelled him with compassion. And he did what he did. Because he, you know, and, and you know, and sometimes, you know, you, 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 can, you can feel like God feels sometimes. You, we're out in this world and we see individuals that, that are in need and you wish you could give them something, you know? But man, you got a family at home too and you got your own mouth to feed. And sometimes you go home with a little, you know, I wish I could, but man, you know, and you don't want to see that. You know, you, you just, you, you wish that you weren't, you didn't see that, you know? When you see a mother and her two children standing there with a sign, and you know they're not no fake, you know, you know the fakers, and you know the ones that are real. You, you can tell, you, your spirit tells you, Man, they're really in need, you know, and, and you just you just can't, you know, and, and you just go on your way and then you just forget about it. Well, this is the same sense that God felt with the Samaritan woman. And he looked at her and he says, Man, I can't just leave her. You know, she's right. You know, she's right. And 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 he and he gave her a blessing. And he allowed her to receive from heaven at that time. You know, so that was the breaching part of when God started reading out, reaching out to those outside of the Jewish nation. He started reaching out outside. He was preparing the way, you know, for the Gentiles uh, to receive, you know, that what God uh, had intended to give to the Jews. Now he was going to give it to not only the Jewish believers, but also to the Gentile believers so that the Jews can wake up. He says, I came for you and you don't want it, you know. I'm going to give it to somebody else. Try. That I'm reading out of. I've been reading out of all those books that I've been. Um, this one right now. Did I mark it down? Romans chapter 11, verse 25 and 27. So when we when we turn around and, and, and we look at look at it the way God looks at it and, and we're looking down on us and um, his intention was just for the Jews. You know, and now it went to the Gentiles. We look at this, and you now you know why the rapture has to occur. He has to remedy remedy one people is the Gentiles, get them out of the way, take them out of the way, and then go back to the purpose of why he came. And now he goes back to deal with the Jewish people. You see. It's the whole purpose of the rapture is that he, 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 he called us all and then we get caught up pre-tribulation and we're, we're out of the way now. The Gentile is complete. We're out of the way. And God is still dealing in the seven-year tribulation. He begins to deal with the Jewish people alone. You see, the Jewish people alone. He starts dealing with them. There is going to be Christians in there too, but he's targeting more Jewish than anything else, because there are the Bible does talk about um, uh, 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 post-tribulation people, you know, that were there that came and got caught up after, that believed in stuff. So, but that's a whole other story. We don't want to go there um, because there's just so much. There's just so much to this. So, um, let's 
Okay. I think I want to stop there because this gets into this gets into all that other stuff that I don't want to get into. Yeah, this gets into the other stuff. There's other. So we can continue this at another time. We'll, we'll start because the, the other the other portion is is I I I, I break down um, the book of Daniel chapter nine. How well work? Because the next question would have been well. Well, where does that seven-year period fit in the Bible? Well, that's in the book of Daniel. You know, there's 490 years or 70, you know, of the 70 years. You know, that's all in that. That's the next portion. But we, want, we don't want to go there. We just wanted you to uh, enlighten you about the rapture, where we fit, how we fit in it. You know, you know why even the rapture? Now you know why, why the rapture. You know, um, we're, we're, we're here for a time, you know, but we're going to get caught up, you know, and then uh, the Jewish nation are going to be dealt with with God one more time. You know, there's just so much that goes on uh, during this time and stuff. But as far as the, 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 the rapture itself, you got the understanding, you know, that it, it's, it's a, it, I gave you the three um, areas where, you know, the rapture is, uh, is, um, is talked about, you know, and, and, it's, and it, it, it kind of just puts everything together, you know, how we're going to be, who's going to go, you know, and this and that. And we have to try to uh, understand that this event is going to happen. You know, it's imminent. You know, I mean, it, it's going to happen. You know, we just don't know when. You know, I mean, it's something that's just it's it's just going to be there, and um, it, it's in scripture. And like I was telling my granddaughter, you know, earlier because she she didn't know anything about the rapture and stuff, so I wanted to school her a little bit. So I schooled her a little bit. And I gave her some of this stuff, you know, and um, she was just like, wow, 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 you know, <laughs> and. Um, but, and, but, you know, we, we have to understand, and, and one thing I, I told her was, you know, when we, when we look at the Bible and into the Old Testament and whatnot and all the prophecies that, that um, the men of God had, have uh, prophesied to Israel and to the world, you know, they, 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 they make statements, you know, and, um, and I told her, so here's one that you can look up if you want. I told her, look, you know, they prophesied that Israel would become a nation one time, and, and when that happened, some other events were going to happen, you know. And this was like hundreds and hundreds of years. And then I go, in 1948, you know, Israel became a nation. It became a nation of its own in 1948. That's in our time here. It's like in our history, right, in our backyard. Prophecy in Scripture was fulfilled. I go, when you get stuff like that that was written, a long time ago, and then it, it and it's like, and she she looks at me. She goes, "Well, how'd they know?" I go, "They didn't know. It's God preparing a world for the future events." And she goes, "Oh," I go, "So we know that when the rapture is mentioned, we know it's in a future event that's imminent. It's going to happen. Just because it doesn't happen in our time doesn't mean it's not going to happen." Because when that was written, all those years, there, people were looking at it, oh, it's not going to happen. And then all of a sudden, in 1948, it happens. And here they are, a nation of their own. But why shouldn't this happen? So we, we, we went on, on to tell her that this is only one of 200 and something prophecies that have been fulfilled to this world from the Bible. Think about it. Over 200, over 200 prophecies have been fulfilled in this world. And you start looking, you can Google it. 
how many prophecies of the Bible? And you'll see them. They're there. And you're just like, wow, I, wow, wow. I, yeah, it's, it's there, you know? And you'll be so surprised on how the Bible, you know, is so relevant uh, to our salvation. You know, not just, not just because I want to go to heaven, not just because, you know, I want to be a saint, you know, I want to live a good life. It's because there's a world beyond this world, you know? And if I'm going to make it there, I, I want to make it there, you know, with all good intentions. You know, I don't want to make up my own stuff like I used to be before, you know, making up my own stuff and making up my own rules and making up my own church. And, you know, we can't we can't do that. we got to be realistic and know the Bible is the Bible. You know, there's no in between. You know, it's 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 it, when it all comes down to it. It's between you and God. You and God. It says that when the rapture happens, the dead in Christ will raise. Will be what? Is there scripture that says what's going to happen to the Jews that are dead post resurrection? Because they they're kind of in that weird space of not hearing it, right? Well, to believe on how would he? Is Jews there scripture that, that Jews that would have, Jews that would have received the gospel and been baptized? They, they're the ones that are raised. The Jews that didn't. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's just like the Gentiles. Yeah. yeah, you, you either yeah, but I, or you don't. Yeah, yeah but I don't. I don't think there's. I don't think there's any written scripture that actually says it like that. How he deals with them. Yeah, how he deals with it. But with the concepts that he's going, because with, with the concept that you that we follow, that would be the concept that would probably take place. If there's any Jewish uh, individual that believed that took Christ and understood that you know that you know and received Christ, you know, and knew that there was a God like that. They're, they're, they would be taken up in that time. So they're kind of in the same boat as a Gentile that rejects the, the gospel. Right, right. Because their judgment will become, you know, after, you know, after all that. But, um, but yeah, it, it's, it's, um, I mean, you know, we have to try to um, just stick with scripture and, 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 you know, just know what, what the actual Bible has to say about certain things, you know, of, uh, uh, about the rapture. You know, and then uh, and then us to try to fit in there, you know, and try to make it, you know, uh, uh, in our in our walk with God, you know, in our walk with God. And God has made it so easy for us, you know, because we are a sinful people, you know, we are a sinful people, you know. But God has made it so easy for us to repent, you know. I mean, you know, we, you know, we can go out and 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 and, and uh, um, cuss at somebody because we're so mad and stuff. You know, we can make a liar, and we can lie to somebody, and the Bible says liar is not going to inherit the kingdom of heaven, you know. But God makes it so easier. As soon as you lie, you catch yourself like, oh, my God. You can turn around and ask God to forgive you. God says, I'm a forgiving God. I'm a just God, and I'll forgive you. And you're back on the straight and narrow. How easy is that? Don't kill yourself. Don't burn yourself on the cross. You still, you know, you, there's still hope in you. You know, there's still the hope of glory inside of us, you know. But because, you know, that's why the Bible says, you know, to um, to walk in the spirit, you should not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That's what it's talking about. The lust of the flesh is always want to do whatever the flesh wants to do. You know, cuss somebody, you know, kick somebody, you know, steal something, you know, go do this. And that's the lust of the flesh, you know. It just wants to do all kinds of crazy stuff. But if you walk in the spirit, you're going to stifle all that inside of you. You're going to second guess all the nature, your human nature, your carnality. And walk in the spirit of God. 
Amen? So with that, Brother Lewis, you want to dismiss us? Still some more nachos in the back. I'm gonna go ahead for my second batch. She ain't even looking at me.